This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 23rd, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Aaron Sorkin's Newsroom on HBO has taken on Citizens United, and badly so. The show first gets the ruling wrong, and that animates other misconceptions as well. Like, for example, that campaign finance regulation poses no threat to the institutional press. John Samples, author of The Fallacy of Campaign Finance Reform, comments. The HBO series Newsroom has taken on the issue of Citizens United, alleging that the case was about unlimited campaign contributions from unknown sources uh, that corporations would be allowed to make. How how does that square with reality? Uh, The first thing I noticed about it was, and you see this quite a bit, is that it was just grossly wrong. I mean, uh, for those of us who study, whether you're left or right, and study these issues and study Citizens United, uh, we know that Citizens United explicitly says it has nothing to do with contributions to members of Congress, to to candidates for office or the political parties. It's about independent spending. It's about something else entirely. But you, you clearly sense then that this is really just not uh, a clip that's concerned with the facts of the issue, but something that's trying to set up a heroes and villains scenario, a kind of framing of black and white, uh, not really an issue, uh, a clip that's concerned with the truth. This is not uncommon. Reporters actually get the holding of Citizens United wrong on a fairly regular basis. Mm-hmm. They attribute to Citizens United the scourge of super PACs, uh, which is not totally incorrect, but it's mm-hmm. functionally incorrect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Why does that matter? Well, I think it matters a lot with regard to the media. And again, this is something that I've noticed for years. Uh, The media doesn't understand that in these First Amendment issues, they have something at stake. I mean, consider this. Aaron Sorkin is working for and producing a series through a large media corporation. He is speaking out about politics in this series through a large media corporation. What he is doing also is claiming that some corporations, like the one he works for, should have unlimited First Amendment rights, while others, the evil ones or the bad ones or whatever, should not. The real question he's posing here, though, is why is Aaron Sorkin special? Why does his corporation get to speak out while these others have to be suppressed and and, uh, lose their First Amendment rights? It's forgivable, perhaps, that beat-level reporters don't get what's at stake for their own uh, First Amendment rights when they talk about campaign finance regulation, but shouldn't managers of these big corporate organizations, these big corporate media organizations, shouldn't they understand mm-hmm. uh, that, they're, that the right, their right to conduct business is at stake? I think we have to keep the big picture in mind here. For many years, there has been, up until 2010, a suppression of some kinds of corporate speech. What that meant was other kinds of businesses could support speech. It could be part of their business model. After Citizens United, that political marketplace has opened up. New voices are coming in, new uh, funders, and so on. That makes a difference. And I think a lot of the hysteria about Citizens United is actually a, a, a desire to suppress and avoid that kind of competition. And that's what we're hearing about now. So the, the, the Cokes, who are a new entrant, are attacked directly in this clip. But there's lots of other new entrants. There's Morgan Freeman and Bill Maher and a, a number of different individuals who are su- supporting their political points of view. That's new competition, and it's not wanted by the old status quo. How do we go from an 8-to-1 Supreme Court ruling in the 50s about 
not being forced to get the private information of donors to the NAACP and giving that to the government of Alabama mm-hmm. to we don't know who's funding these political campaigns and these people have an obligation to the public to tell us what ideas they like and support from arguably the same groups of people. At least the the intellectual lineage is the same group of people. Well, I think the answer to that is that disclosure of personalities is thought to be a way to effectively uh, win political elections. We saw in this clip that a particular group of people, two brothers, were attacked relentlessly. And they were blamed and for things. It was conspiracy-minded, really. People who run elections do believe that that's an effective way to win elections, and they want funders disclosed, they want everyone disclosed to get them out in the public area so they can be savaged. And if they're savaged, you might get some political uh, gain out of that. I suspect in the 1950s, uh, we hadn't yet got to that point, but of course, the American government had not grown to the point that it is today in which so much is at stake and people feel like they can do just about anything to win or lose. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more of his work at cato.org.